Hey, everybody. We are back with another episode of Relational Leadership, where we try to bring leadership tips that will apply to your everyday life, um, whether you're just the leader of a bunch of munchkins or the CEO of a large company. There's things in here for you and um, try to come up with different topics and fun ways to express those. So my host, Stephanie Clements, is with us today, and I'm going to be talking as Sean Dolly about communication. And that word means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But we're going to just tease out that intangible, I dare say, art of how we express ourselves, how we relate to other people, both verbally, written form, Mm -hmm. (laughs) non-verbally, probably the most important of the three, uh, because it all so often seems like um, though we're surrounded by people with all types of various degrees of talent, communication as a skill oftentimes is that critical, intangible ingredient that makes such a big difference. Right. Well, there's there's so many ways that what while we know exactly what we want to say, that it can also be misinterpreted and and reasons for that, you know, that we're going to go through and try to talk about how to overcome mm-hmm. some of that because there's generational, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, so I've got some examples of that in the sense of, you know, the things that we may have said were like, you know, oh, that's gnarly or gag me with a spoon. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right. Yeah, and before that, it was like, that's far out, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah you, know. you know. The, the English language is uh, always under evolutionary pressure right. to change, and though the change seems to be happening uh, very, very fast, I don't know that the change of the language will ever be this slow again. And no. I couldn't help but notice this odd symmetry between like the first written communication you might say were cave paintings. Sure. And then it was cuneiform script in Samaria, then hieroglyphics, and eventually like an alphabetic language. And at the high peak, we might have had, you know, Shakespearean prose. And then, you know, sometime later, we had Fifty Shades of Grey, then we had emails, <laughs> then we had text, and now people and are back to communicating and... with emojis. So like we're yeah. back to the cave painting, right? right? Like it's almost like we've done this big art. Right. No, you're right. You know, you ain't capping. I don't know if that's an insult or if that is. <laughs> so capping cap means lie. So you ain't lying. Oh, okay. So, so let see? me. I better write that yeah. down. Learn something so, new. So well, there's yeah, always. And, <laughs> And, and because so much of our modern communication does take place, you know, with our thumbs. Right. Um, so let's say that I ask you know, my wife, hey, what would you like to do tonight for dinner? And she replies back and she spells out whatever. Well, a computer might read that as whatever. I might, depending on the mood I am, think she said whatever. Or yeah. maybe she meant whatever, you know. So, yeah, right. so sometimes there's baggage that is unintentionally uh, accompanying sure. you know, the things we we communicate. And since we do communicate uh, so much via text or email, um, that's something that we should always probably take into account. I know Absolutely. I try to do. Yeah, yeah um, my daughter actually, I had sent her a copy of something that I had written, mm-hmm. and she said. I've read this in your business voice, and I've read this in your 
angry voice and I've read this in your happy voice and I'm not a hundred percent sure which one. <laughs> so, so, so years ago I had this, you know, you know, this, this brilliant idea. Um, you know, if somebody is careening through an intersection and you are trying to communicate to them, you're going to honk your horn and you don't mind it being loud and aggressive. You know? Right. But when you're sitting behind somebody and the light turns green, and it's like one potato, two potato. It's like I wish my horn had a feature where it would go like, yeah, you know, something a little more yeah, like, hey, just, just just a heads up. Right. So I almost wish we could like decide on a convention. Okay, from now on, when we text, if we're trying to be sarcastic, we have to type it in red letters. Yeah. If we're trying to be nice, we type it in green. You know, so let's, yeah. can we all settle on something so there's no misunderstanding. Right. Because there's been times I've received text and I thought, okay, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm being sensitive and I'm reading more into sure. this than they intended. And at the other end of that equation, though, I thought, well, how many times have I sent the text or an email? And maybe <laughs> upon rereading it a day later, like, oh, my gosh, I, well, I sure hope they didn't take that you know, right. the wrong way because right. that wasn't my intent. Well, even with the spoken language, you know, I mean, uh, we just talked about, you know, I spent the weekend in New York. Mm-hmm. We probably heard every language in the world sure. going down, yeah. down. You know, so there are different connotations or even meanings or interpretations of words that, you know, while we as in the U.S. may mean the, a word mm-hmm. a certain way, it can be taken very differently yeah, in another country. Absolutely. And so that's another thing, you know, as as companies are moving more international uh-huh. and have international workers and things like that, you have to think about how you communicate yes. with that because they could take it totally different than the meaning that you know and you don't even realize. Sure, sure. And, you know, of the nearly 8 billion people on the planet, a third of them live in Asia, whereby their language in its written form uses characters. So like when I lived in Japan and traveled through China, I mean, these are languages that have, you know, five to 8,000 unique characters. Right. Which, you know, to the second grader trying to learn all those and all the different strokes, you know, is seemingly overwhelming. However, when you stop and think in the English language with only 26 letters, we can arrange them in these infinite combinations such that there are, you know, up to maybe a couple hundred thousand words in the English language. And so what I had found in traveling through Asia is that some of their syntax was a lot more direct, whereas we, if you were to really stop and catalog as you go throughout your day how many colloquialisms you use, right? the whole nine yards, get your ducks in a row. I mean, yeah. uh, we use some, could you imagine trying to learn the language? And once you go through the you know, subject, verb, direct object, academics of the English language, then you come to America and you're, asking for directions and people are talking to you and they're using all this slang. Right, right. Which to us is, as native speakers, right, it's no problem. Sure. Uh, but we have a very colorful language that I can tell you firsthand from traveling around the world does not directly translate all the time. No. If I'm talking to my team and I say, hey, guys, you know, this is going to be tough. We're going to have to get down in the mud, get dirty, and and, and just push through this, you know, 
all of a sudden I may have one guy going, okay, well, I guess i got to go get in the mud. You know, I don't know what this has to do with it, but right. that's what she said I have to sure, do. Sure, and sure. Because they don't understand that, even though the majority of us would. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, they're going, how does this help us get anything done? <laughs> right, yeah. No, again, it's a, it is an exceedingly colorful language. And then even within... The um, I say American English speakers because we know that you know the British are going to have their own sure. know, nuances. Uh, you know we've got subcultures. So as a former pilot, I could tell you that there would be times where I might have a five minute conversation with another aviator about a non aviation topic, and we will slip in lingo sure. from our profession. You know, right? So when when, I, when somebody says, "All right, you know, I'm hungry, let's pull chalks," then you know, like, like you literally pull the chalks from the wheel of the aircraft, which means you're going to leave. Right. Well, if I tell my wife, hey, let's pull chocks, it's time for dinner. Like, what the heck does that, like, I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, in, in the workplace and depending on the size of your business, you know, there's different people that specialize in different things. And you may need to communicate, you know, a, a very real example for me um, was that I worked for a company and I was in charge of getting this very, very um, intricate website built. Now, not not me personally because I'm not a computer person, okay. but I needed to convey to a computer, you know, a web designer and sure. and all of this, um, you know, computer programmer and what all this needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our brains just work totally differently. Yeah, yeah, and how yeah. they, and so then he'll go, so do you want this, you know, the syntax to do this and this? And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I have no idea what yeah. you just said. And right. Right. I'm trying to explain it. And he's in the best way that I know how. And, you know, so it was a lot, you know, there's trial and error trying to get sure, those things sure. communicated because we have different backgrounds and the way you know the way I'm trying to tell him to do his job is not the way sure he's sure. known to be told to do <laughs> right and you know the, the neuroscientific literature is always you know changing uh, it's, it's amazing how much we don't know about our own brains and you know we used to hear that okay well if you're logical you're left brain if you're creative you're right brain and, and we now know that we all use all parts of our brain right but we as non-neuroscientists can look around and tell you that some people are more creative, some people are more analytical. And so you can imagine in the modern corporate uh, world, whether you're at a big company or even a small one, you might have the real creative artsy people that are running social media campaigns. Then you have the IT department that keeps the backbone infrastructure running. Then you've got the accountants and those in finance. So you've got people with different inclinations coming out of different tribes and the way that they communicate with one another can sometimes be such that during an exchange, somebody may stop and say, I have no idea what you just said. Right. Like, I, I, you are speaking a different language. To well, me. There's, there's tons of books and tons of classes and things like that on communication because, first off, we have men and women. I mean, the old book, you know, that from John Gray that said, you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily speak the same language just because our brains are wired differently just in that. So, I mean, obviously communication can be an issue in a husband and wife relationship. <laughs> then trying to talk to your kids, no and comment. then we expanded. 
But, you know, people have been trying to figure this out forever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you add in, you know, and I was looking at the different types of what they consider um, communication gaps. And so, okay. um, and so one is emotional. I am going to receive something different if I'm already upset yeah. than if I'm in a different place. That's right. I also, maybe my boss is just somebody I can't stand. Yeah. And yeah. it's just hard to take it in. And so you don't necessarily fully listen and engage when they're talking because I just don't like them. Yeah. Or no, they've I, asked I you to do a project that you just really don't like. There's all kinds of things, and those mean that the communication can break down because your emotions are in the way. That's right. And we are emotional creatures. You know, we, we often talk about, you know, we might even use terms unintentionally to say, well, happy is the good emotion and angry is the bad emotion. Right. But what I would offer is that as, as mammals... If we have an emotion intrinsic to our condition, it, it serves a purpose. Right. So if you get angry and you blow up in line at Sitco uh, trying to pay for something, uh, that may be anger that was not well channeled. However, if you've got an intruder in your house at 2 a.m. and you get angry and you protect your children, we could say that, well, then in that instance, you know, the right. anger served a, a great purpose. Righteous anger. and then That's yeah. right, yeah. And so... We sometimes um, approach issues at work that involve communication as math problems, almost as if, well, if we just think it through, we can come up with the right solution. But we have to take into account that people will feel their way through you know, some sure. of this. And, and I, I say that as one who messed that up several times. Like as a, a new leader, I thought, okay, well, this is course of action is so obvious and so appropriate that once I, through a monologue, push it out to the masses, they will receive it purely intellectually the way I intended it. Well, I didn't take into account that not all of them were as pleased with <laughs> my right. chosen course of action as I was. And so I, I really, you know, through the hard way, began to incorporate uh, an appreciation for regardless of what I intend, there is the possibility that it will be emotionally received differently. Now, sure. it doesn't mean that I have to necessarily retract, you know, my chosen course of action, but at least be sensitive sure. in the, the delivery. Right. And we don't know, you know, I mean, all kinds of things. There may be nothing wrong at work, but when I woke up, the baby was sick, and then I had to get trash out, and yeah. the trash bag broke, and I'm just flustered. And as much as I may love my job, I'm just not in the position to to receive yeah. everything like I should be. So that we have emotional, then we have physical. First off, we all, I think we have more ADD, ADHD than ever. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we may be trying to sit and listen in a meeting about, you know, here's the directions we're going to go out in, but there's somebody out here. You know, we've got a construction site right outside. Or so, you uh -huh, know, yeah. there could be something going on, and all of a sudden I'm, I've totally lost three of those sentences that sure. may have been really key sure. <laughs> to it, but I yeah. got distracted or there's noise or, you know, your phone does right. something and you're like, oh, I need to take that text. And all of a sudden I've lost what I was supposed to be in. So 
the physical things definitely can get in the way. They can. And, you know, we live in an era where as we sit here right now and as people listening to us, maybe in their cars or in their office, there are people all around the planet diligently at work trying to come up with the next gadget, the next app that will compete with our finite attention. Right. You know, I've often wondered, you know, and I think somebody even posed this rhetorical question, you know, could could Jane Austen have written Pride and Prejudice as a young woman if she had TikTok? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like some of the, like, like you're talking about, like those in your example, these are the three sentences that had the most weight. Um, however, because our attention is being spread so thin, I wonder sometimes how deep we can really invest ourselves That's in communication. You um, just almost have to throw out bullet points. And then say, hey, if you need more information, come see me because yeah, they just you know we don't have the mental capacity. And it's funny because you, know, you mentioned TikTok, but they used to say you know like five or six years ago, they said that um, your video shouldn't be more than about ninety seconds. That was as long attention span <laughs> as you could do. Yeah. And now they're saying you need to put it into seven seconds. Yeah. You know, because we're so used to TikTok, you know, scrolling and just having yeah. that quick little tidbit. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're, you know, I, and unfortunately it's not really, it's not a good thing for us. You know, that we have trained our brains to not engage in anything for longer than just yeah, that you're snap right. Of that finger. That's and seven seconds is a funny uh, number because I think uh, a goldfish has a ten second memory. So now <laughs> we're we're seventy percent of a goldfish's attention span. Oh no! <laughs> so, so so again, I mean, I, I know that I'm going to come off kind of like a cantankerous old man, you know, back in my day. Yeah. But but again, like I think about how years ago, um, Leo Tolstoy's huge volume War and Peace was like required reading in high school literature mm-hmm. classes and it would have you'd be hard-pressed to get a kid to watch a seven-minute youtube synopsis of right. that book yeah <laughs> seven minutes that's an eternity uh so again i and i love how you you phrased it whether you meant to or not i think it's brilliant we've trained our brains that that is a very real phenomenon yeah. that we can actually begin to remap the neuronal networks in our gray matter such that our synapses fire in a certain way. And again, I feel like if we have a cubic capacity to think and reason, then by definition, the wider it gets, the shallower yeah. it gets. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, it's funny because like movies now have gotten longer. You know. Good point. In, in our day... A movie was 90 minutes. Um, rare, rarely went over 90 minutes. There were a few in Gone with the Wind being like, you know, yeah. But right. in general, they were they were about 90 minutes. And now, um, you know, the Disney movie, The Little Mermaid, that was out as the cartoon, uh-huh. was about, it's not quite 90 minutes, I don't think. Okay. The new Little Mermaid. So my granddaughter, my daughter, and my granddaughter went to go see The Little Mermaid. And it's fine for adults because it's two and a half hours. But my six-year-old granddaughter 
It's a long time. That's a long time <laughs> for her to have to sit there. And yeah. sure, you know, she just was signing like, I'm going to sleep. You know, I'm done. but i thought two and a half hours wake up that ticket was twelve dollars right you know so you know they have done they've created longer movies and held our attention but there has to be lots of action there has to be all these different types of scenes and things coming in and light and flashes and different stuff um so we can sit through but it has to be a lot of moving parts and and keeping the storyline right. going and sudden sudden action yeah, parts, yeah, you know, yeah. because otherwise our our brain, you know, those neurons and firing are like, what, nothing's helping sure. me fire again, yeah, you know. Yeah, 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 whereas I need a shiny object, you know. Yeah, so as soon yeah. as I see a new shiny object, you know, my attention's getting diverted. Right, right. And so, so the third one that I saw, again, is cultural, which is something, you know, we mm-hmm. kind of already talked about where just language and meanings of things, hand motions, ver- you know, verbal and nonverbal, they're different in other countries. And so some things are very, you know, hey, and, you know, but um, I know when I lived in Korea, and this has been a long time ago, you didn't tell somebody to come like this. Yeah. You, yeah. you did it under Calm down. Yeah. Calm down yeah. and underhand. It was offensive. To do it the other way, and you wouldn't, you know. So, so there's different things, sure, obviously, that sure. can get in the way, and and you don't want to offend. And hopefully, if you have somebody else from another culture coming in, they realize there's going to be things they don't understand, and hopefully, don't take offense. Sure, and, and look at the meaning of that. You know, look at the context behind it. But um, but you do have those things, and it can become important, and again create a gap. Yeah. In that time, um, then there's contextual, and that's very much the the same thing as like the um, computer guru and me trying to <laughs> share. <laughs> just, yeah. And I don't understand their terminology, or you know. Yeah. So I mean, when I have conversations with folks like that. Um, I don't even know enough of their lingo to try to recreate the the conversation that obviously paints me as ignorant because I am. But like the analogy would be basically it's like me taking my car to the expert automotive mechanic and all I can convey to them is sometimes it goes rah, 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 rah. other times it goes vroom vroom. Like yeah. that's about the extent, you right. know what I mean? So it, right. it, it's like the same type of, yeah, you know, yeah, and that's all you know. I'm and doing charades, you know, basically to try can to communicate. <laughs> figure it out, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and the thing, you know, we don't know what we don't know, and that's always sometimes a scary part of business is that you've got to trust that the person who does know it is going to take care of you and and do. You know, you go to the mechanic and you're like, I don't, and they goes, oh well, this tube, you know broke and it's connected to this and it caused this and this yeah. and this i don't know i don't know <laughs> what i don't know so if he says it i'm assuming sure. right right that right. that's but correct. at least they made the effort to communicate as opposed to here's your keys you owe me 400 right, right? <laughs> so but you you talk about like you use the word trust um and something that i had stumbled across as a you know a professional speaker uh years ago when i was just applying that craft in other capacities was Aristotle's approach to communication. So 
2,300 years ago, he said that the three main components of effective communication are logos, pathos, and ethos. So logos, think logical. So the, the mechanical construction of what you say has to make sense to the person receiving it. Pathos has to do, you could almost use the analogy like your heart, like there needs to be some sort of, in many cases, uh, an emotional appeal to that person. And then ethos, it has to do with like that gut yeah. feel. Uh, you know, so think about, you know, you come across a panhandler and they've got the pathos. Oh, you know, you know whatever their story is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm, I'm, I just got off work. I left my wallet. I, I can't get home. I need money for the bus. And then the logos, like you can't detect any fallacy in their logic. But your gut just tells you, man, no matter how polished this dude's line is, no matter how... Yeah. sympathetic he's painting it like your gut tells you like no nah, i'm not giving you two dollars right, right. Um, well you know when you're with somebody i feel like if you have some degree of trust amongst you you don't have to have an a plus on the logic or an a plus on you know the delivery like the pathos but if they have a baseline trust uh, and a rapport built mm-hmm. with you I, I feel like of the three components that's the one that tends to be the the one variable that sustains right. great communication, up and down, right. left and right. And, and, and it does help you understand the meaning where somebody may say something and it seem a little gruff because maybe they've had a bad morning. It's understanding, yeah. you know, something. We were fine yesterday. Yeah. I can't think of anything that I've done. Right. That's that has right. done it so... I'm guessing this isn't me because I know my relationship yeah, with yeah. them and what are, you know, so that's, that part is important. So well, the final one though is um, systemic and that tends to be with the leadership down. If a leader is constantly saying, so they have a meeting and they say, all right, going forward, we are not putting up with anyone being late. You're going to be written up. You're going to do this. You're going to do And the next week you see five people being late and nothing happens, then their communication to you has less power. That's right. That's Um, right. And so it's, you know, it's really important if you're going to take that time to speak something that you implement it. Yeah. You know, when there's that misalignment between words and deeds, Mm -hmm. it creates confusion and that confusion typically uh, tends towards the negative. Rarely do people get confused and derive optimism out of that. Usually it's like, well, this is confusing. This must be bad. And uh, a fellow officer, he was a Marine Corps infantry commander um, that we were in this graduate program together with when I was an Air Force commander. Uh, His phrase was silence is consent. Yeah. And when we opened the show, we talked about different forms of communication verbal and nonverbal, sometimes silence speaks loudest. Yes. And especially when, as a leader, you communicate one thing, but then your actions are AWOL. Right. <laughs> Colloquialism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Non-present. Um, that, that, is, that is what people will remember. Right. They'll remember the lack of follow-through. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, in order to lead and do that, you know, you really do have to have that follow through um because again at that point then people go oh it's another meeting they're going to tell us to do something nobody's going to do it and nothing's going to change and what you know they and so they tune out um and don't take you seriously yeah you know 
earlier you talked about context and something that, you know, like you think, uh, you look out of the parking lot and you see all these different vehicles. You see minivans that are very functional about transporting those aforementioned munchkins yeah. around town, you know, the the two-door sports car, um, you, you know, the, the motorcycle, the Jeep. I mean, each one has a different utility. They all might share the same road, but then they can get off that road. They can do slightly right, different things. Right. And I think when it comes to communication, some of us may be more naturally gifted at one-on-one yes. dialogue. Some people, uh, though they might practice their craft, are very gifted at getting up in front of a room. Right. Uh, some people are able to just seamlessly interject humor, you know, into their delivery. And one thing that I really tried to work on earlier uh, in my leadership career was developing skills across that range. I don't pretend to be necessarily great at any one of them, but I recognize that in a leadership capacity, communication is going to take different forms, and we don't always get to choose the context in which we, you know, communicate. Sometimes, you know, thinking back to a previous episode, we talked about difficult conversations. You know, we need to be as well-practiced at communicating during tense one-on-one interactions as we are when we stand up in front of a room full of our followers and talk about, you know, the the vision for the next week, month, quarter, what have you. So um, can you think of maybe, you know, different contexts, you know, of communication that you experience at work and uh, or maybe have had to go through in the past? Um, Well, as I mentioned, one, just the – the computer, and then even as I owned my own business, I think the biggest struggle I've had is trying to get websites built. You know, um, <laughs> something about it. I've tried pictures, I've tried, yeah. you know, whatever. I somehow do not speak computer language at all and website language, um, you know, so it's frustrating. I'm just like, okay, so we just don't get a website because right. I can't. I don't know how to convey what I want, and yeah, I feel like it's so clear. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll know it when I see it. You know, you right. Keep showing me iterations, and I'll eventually it'll it'll stand right. out to me. Right. It's so. like I, I'm not. I have zero interior decorating sense, but I can walk into somebody's house and go, "Wow, this is." Yes, you really can nice. recognize. Like I, yeah, like I, right. in, a, in a million years, I could not have done this. Right. But when I see it okay, this, this appeals to me, right? Yes. And I think it's the same way uh, because visual communication is becoming an increasingly part of the overall communication phenomenon. I mean, you know, if you see just a tiny fraction of the Pepsi logo, you instantly know you recognize that is yeah. Pepsi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like with a website, you know, people, you talk about the seven second, you know, TikTok, you know, uh, trend, People, if they go to your website, they'll they'll just spend a, a few seconds. It's almost like curb appeal at a house. They're going to know real quick if they want to stick around right, and right. do the walkthrough. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that we're getting close on time. So I wanted to give just a few things that leaders can do to try to make sure that you are communicating and effectively within your company. So the first one is, you know, different people also communicate you know there's auditory there's visual there's you know the hands-on you know the connect so um so first off i think it's important to make sure that you actually speak exactly what you want there's no question and you speak it concisely Mm -hmm. doesn't have to have a bunch of stories but speak it very concisely exactly what you want 
I then think it's important to then send out an email to the group that has those bullet points to say, just in case, because again, somebody may have missed those key points, a couple of those key points because they got a text or something happened. So just send that out. I also think, you know, encourage them to ask, encourage, you know, hey, I'm open for questions. So don't go out and feel like you don't understand this. Come to me if you have questions. You want to make sure that you're available so that they do go and work on things effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, make sure that then, and depending on the size of the organization, but you should have certain sub-leaders in charge of certain things, you know. So if you have a hundred people working for you it's hard for you to field questions from a hundred people but you should have certain people that oversee and making sure that they have all the relevant information and are there to do that and to then have that accountability that it is getting done um absolutely So those are my takeaways for the day. Yeah, and my parting comment is that whether it is one-on-one, small group, or getting up in front of a crowd of 10 to 10,000, communication is a skill. Yes. It is a skill, and like all skills, it can be improved. Some people may seem naturally gifted at it, and I would always tell people that Shaquille O'Neal was born to be 7 foot 2 inches tall. But that man put in tens of thousands of hours to become the player that we all knew him to be. Right. So whether or not you are going to be metaphorically seven foot two as a communicator, uh, don't don't have a lack of confidence that because you may not currently feel like you're the communicator you want to be, it doesn't mean that you can't become the communicator that you want to be. Absolutely. So we appreciate you joining us. Um, we would love for you to like and share. Also, you know, we love reading your comments when you leave them. Um, you may have some other tidbits that you would like to add. We love hearing those. And then um, we are on Spotify, um, Audible, and Apple Podcasts, YouTube. If you want to go back, you can watch these on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at any time. But subscribing to our channel and sharing it would be great also that does help us grow so um we do appreciate you taking time with us and we try to be fairly concise with that yep all right looking forward to see everybody next tuesday next week thanks bye-bye